You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome back in. Chris Mack, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth. Hawksworth. It's a Tuesday morning. My tongue has not caught up. It's still on weekend time. Sorry. Welcome back into BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Uh, We just got done prop shopping, and we want to talk NFL, and we will talk NFL. And we'll talk to Isaac Trotter at the top of the next hour about college hoops as well. Uh, Lightning bets before we wrap up, obviously, in the final hour, and an edition of Let's Go or Hail. No, but let's talk, let's start NBA with one of the friends of the show of NBC Sports, Vaughn Dalzell joins, and we'll get into the conference championship games in just a minute, Vaughn, because I think that's where the bulk of our conversation will probably lie, but let's start with what we saw last night. We get 70 from Joel Embiid. Um, we get 62 from Carl Anthony Towns. No coincidence, some cosmic tumblers fall into place. I don't believe in all that stuff, but a lot of people do. On the 18th anniversary of Kobe's 81. Um, for Embiid, at least, it's a dub for the Sixers. For Cat, it's an ugly loss to the Hornets. And I think that's where we want to start, because Chris Finch was really frustrated after this game. And we talked about the immaturity levels, right? But we kind of started to look at it from the other side, the other perspective of this, which is, meaningless home game in the middle of January. Okay, we lost the game to the Hornets. We shouldn't have lost. But we got our guy a 60 spot, and we did everything we could to try and get him to match Embiid on a night where everybody was watching that kind of thing. What's your take on what we got from both of those guys last night? Yeah, well, I love the – thanks for having me first off. Good morning to everybody watching and listening, of course. And, yeah, it was a great night in the NBA. I was a joker that – Put in my parlay, Joel Embiid over 51 and a half instead of just taking the 60 plus for plus 500 uh, last night live betting. So joke's on me, but it was a great effort. I mean, I watched that game. It was amazing to see him do what he did in three quarters and let alone go get the 70 piece in the fourth quarter. And on the opposite side, I'd love the interview with Anthony Edwards post game about the Timberwolves saying, you know, we kind of came out very immature from the start tonight. We weren't focused. Once Cat hit his first six, seven shots, we were like, go get 80, go get 100. Uh, and the Hornets are definitely a good team to do that against, but they have a little more fight at this point than the Spurs, and they have a lot better players. But, yeah, it's a meaningless home game, you could say. I agree with that. It's January. This isn't March or April. And uh, for the T-Wolves, they've been one of the hottest teams in the NBA. So, of course, they're going to drop a game or two like this. And when it comes on a guy having a solo performance, uh, I'm not shocked. But I like the state of the Sixers in general more than the Timberwolves. I trust that team more with Joel Embiid long term. He's got to stay active to get the MVP award which is going to probably be a debate over the next month or two uh, with the new league minimum. But um, one thing I do have to say to close that out is Anthony Edwards using deodorant strip, the actual strip instead of gel stuff, it's a crime. I don't care how young the guy is. Someone in that locker room that's a veteran has to get him on deodorant gel. You can't be walking around with strips, bro. <laughs> He's got strips? 
Dude. Strips. Go watch the interview. It's like, it's crazy. He's uh, in his towel interviewing, and I'm like, okay. And then he does the deodorant thing, and I'm like, bro, you still got the whole white strips up and down your arm. Like, you got to get the gel. Um, yeah, the gel, for sure. You got to clean oh, that up. That's ridiculous. Uh, no that's spray? where I was going to go, actually. No, nah, spray. Nah, 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 I mean, spray. what are we, like 16? Like, what is this? Yeah, yeah is this 1975, nah, Aaron? What? I mean, yeah. who uses spray? What? I do. Spray. <laughs> Where do you, I'm, I'm not even going to follow up. All right. Uh, so Embiid plus 120, man. That's crazy. I know sometimes when you have these performances, sticks in people's heads, and like you know the number's going to come down. But about even money with this much basketball left. Uh, what I find interesting, obviously, with the Embiid, and like you mentioned, the minimum games played is Jokic at three. SGA plus 375. They're short numbers. Luca and Giannis right there at 10 and 11. It's coming from that five, right? There's no dark horse that's going to jump into this conversation. Yeah, agreed. Oh. Agreed. I uh, I think SGA is still a guy we have to highly consider. Like last year, he finished top five in votes. This year, he's been consistently top three all year long in odds. And agreed. I think if Embiid is out, we may get some voter fatigue as well i mean now that we've seen centers win over and over the last time we've had i believe uh four centers win the award even though it's Embiid and Jokic, uh two centers in particular last time we've had four centers win was back in the late 70s uh three centers the same type of thing so it's like you know this is the era of three-point basketball spread offenses one big and we're seeing centers come back into the fold with the mvp and there might be that fatigue so if mb doesn't meet the minimum I mean, SGA might get a nod over the Nuggets if they are a one or two seed here. I mean, obviously, if the Thunder are a one seed, SGA's odds are going to be very, very short, much shorter than 375. Uh, so I've been eyeing this market because I want to place a bet before March in the MVP market and be confident in that bet. Uh, and Joel Embiid was always looking like that guy, Shy Gilders Alexander. So I'm going to pick between these two, and I'm leaning towards Shy because – Embiid might just say, I'm the MVP. I don't need to play these games uh, if it means we win a championship because that's more important. And whether or not he's going to be unselfish or selfish in regards to either or, uh, we will see. But I think all the value is on SGA. You know, that same thought process is how I think Jokic may be approaching this too. He's like, yeah, I got my MVPs. I got my championship. Because we always talk about, oh, like when they, when Embiid and Jokic go up against each other. Because I was thinking about it in, uh, for tonight. Jokic is probably like, I see you, Kat. I see you, Embiid. Is he going to go off tonight and try to top them? I'm sure topping them is going to be really hard. But props wise, I was looking at Jokic, Triple-double, plus 160. Of course, they are playing in Indiana, and Jokic was one assist shy of a triple-double just on January 21st. So they just played recently. And you could look at points, rebounds, assists. His PRA 49.5 over minus 113 is the best number there. Would you be looking at Jokic to say, hey, you know what? I'm still the best player in the association, and I'm going to go off tonight. I mean, he doesn't even like being famous or playing basketball, I think, 100%. So who knows I if know. that's his mentality coming into this game. <laughs> but uh, I do think with against the Pacers, I mean, this is arguably one of the best teams for you to do that against. Uh, whether or not he's going to go out and score 50, yep. uh, 50 points, rebounds, mm -hmm. assists is well within the reach for the Joker in this game. I mean, the Pacers yeah. with Miles Turner, obviously that is the best rim defender they have there. But Jokic – 
takes his shot selection so serious uh, that you know whatever he shoots, it's putting up, it's probably going to be a good shot, whether it's 12 shot attempts or 18 shot attempts. He's one of the most efficient shooters in all of basketball. So uh, I do love both of those props. The fact it's plus 160 against a Pacers team that ranks top five in pace, the highest scoring team in the NBA, trying to break a scoring record this year along with the Bucs. Um, I do like Jokic's overs. I wouldn't play an under on him in this game. Uh, so, yeah, I agree. Plus 160 is definitely tempting, Aaron. And then the over 49 points, rebounds, assists is the way I go. And don't sleep on uh, Jamal Murray either. This is a game that he could easily pop off too. Von Dalzell of NBC Sports with us here on BetQL Daily. Before we pivot to the conference championship games, Vaughn, I just wanted to get your take real quick. Shams reporting about 20 minutes ago, 15, 20 minutes ago, oh. Miami close to acquiring Terry Rozier for a package sending Kyle Lowry and draft compensation that will include a first-round pick. Um, I, I, it sounds like you're hearing of this for the first time, much like we did yeah. just a couple minutes ago. So what's your knee-jerk reaction to it? We just met before the show, Chris, and I, uh, you know, I'm, we're Pittsburgh guys, but right, I'm a Bulls fan. You know, we don't have an NBA team here, so it was either you know yeah. pick your team as a kid. All my family was Bulls fans, so I thought you were going to say Zach Levine to Miami, and I was about to do my dance, man. Uh, <laughs> but that trade does nothing for me, honestly, emotionally. Uh, Terry <laughs> Rozier should help that team. He could be a guy that, after suffering all these losing seasons. He'd be like, hey, I'll buy in to the Heat culture. Uh, and that's really what they need right now with all their injuries. So I don't hate that deal whatsoever. But disappointed you didn't mention Zach Levine. Yeah, a lot of uh, positive bull stories lately. Whether you want to talk about uh, the fans booing Jerry Cross's widow or last night they blow another big, big lead, 23 points. KD goes off, like big surprise. Anytime the Bulls are up by 20 plus, just take the other side line on the money line. Yeah. Every <laughs> single time like the spread is a guaranteed you might just uh get a good number uh on a money line all right Vaughn let's jump to the NFL let's start in the AFC side what appears to be the better game now the lines jumped up 24 hours ago we're sitting here market split three three and a half you knew those threes were going to be gone now it looks like they are it's uh Ravens favored by three and a half and you get Mahomes as a dog again what are you thinking yeah, I mean, it's certainly tempting to go back to the well on Mahomes as a dog here, but I do believe in the Ravens. Um, I thought this has been a team all year that looks like the best team in the AFC. Uh, defensively, they have been standouts, and I think the second half under will probably be a great bet. If you had the over in the Chiefs-Bills game, um, and you know you looked good at the 44.5 or whatever numbers you played, and if you live bet that game thinking you're going to see 30 points scored, it didn't come up at all. I mean, the second half died down the fourth quarter. I think we could see that here with both of these teams. And there's a couple props I focused on here, but I will say if I'm betting this game, obviously I wanted a three for Baltimore. Now it's a three and a half, not as tempting. I would still take it, but be more tempted to go Ravens first half, minus two and a half here, because obviously we know they are a great first half team. And the last week they struggled a little bit. Lamar Jackson had his halftime speech that had a lot of cuss words. Uh, so that inspired the Ravens, but they obviously came out in the second half and balled out, looked great against the Texans. And I think that the Ravens here will come out better in the first half at home. But the props that I, I circled here and I looked at, I would love to hear your guys' opinions on. Justice Hill had over 20% higher snap share than Gus Edwards last week. He was in on a lot of more passing downs. So I was looking at his props, seeing that it's a little bit discounted. You could probably take overs on Justice Hill at the 40 and a half rushing 
over on receiving yards. Gus Edwards is like 42 and a half, 43 rushing yards. That seemed like a good under, especially against the Chiefs defense that we know the front sevens exceeded a lot of expectations this year. And I gave you guys last week a nice four and one week. We won't talk about Aaron Jones, the loser, but Aaron, Lamar Jackson hit us over one and a half passing touchdowns at plus 112. They're giving us plus 135 now. Uh, so, you know, I'm turning around looking at that one. I know Josh Allen only had one pass touchdown. I know Tua only did it as well. But, again, Lamar Jackson so accurate with the football will have to create plays. With Mark Andrews possibly coming back, that gives them another red zone weapon that helps out as well. And with the Chiefs allowing Josh Allen to run for two touchdowns, they're going to have to clean that up. And you don't want Lamar Jackson running wild. So uh, I'm still looking at Lamar Jackson over one and a half passing touchdowns as well. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I like that. And I also like the Justice Hill look because I was just saying, like, I think I might try betting on some guys that not a lot of people are looking at because maybe you can find more of an edge uh, in terms of player Mm -hmm. props on like a Justice Hill as opposed to Gus, Lamar, um, Zay Flowers, for example. Um, What about on the NFC side? Where are you looking there? No, I hate to go back to the well, but there are two props that Cash last week, and I'm tempted to go back on him because uh, I see Jared Goff, his game script, he's going to have to pass, right? Like, there's no way that Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery with lines of 45 and 47 and a half are going to have that much success where Jared Goff is not throwing the football enough to go out there and win this game. So he's cashed this two straight already for us. And I, I have no problems running it back a third time because while the Niners do fantastic linebacking core, they're great within the hashes. Uh, the Lions have so many guys that have stepped up that they could spread the ball around. You look at uh, the Reynolds brother, the Reynolds twins, essentially, Josh Reynolds and Craig Reynolds. Shout out to Craig Reynolds. He went to Cutstown, um, which is on the wall here, one of the conferences I worked in as an intern. Uh, he was playing <laughs> in the league. He's amazing. Jameson Williams has stepped up for Detroit as well. So I look at all these options. I think they'll spread the ball out. Jared Goff over pass attempts is a good look, but I like his pass yards as the best bet. And whether Debo Samuel plays is how I bet the Niners because – He's 50-50, apparently, reports say. Jawan Jennings stepped up in big ways. But Christian McCaffrey needed the ball much, much more in that previous game. It was first and second down situations when Brock Purdy's throwing eight 12-yard outs. They're going over his receiver's heads or too short. Uh, when CMC could be getting them four or five yards on the ground, I think they cleaned that up here in the second game. I don't think they'd be as cute. Um, like I said, the Packers wouldn't be in this game and uh, I like in the previous game. So I, I like – over 86 and a half rushing yards, which is lower uh, than the previous week. And I think he'll get the ball a little more. Wanted to touch on one more real quick, Vaughn, before we let you run. Um, Back to the AFC side. I try to make the case that if the Chiefs are going to – I just don't think the Chiefs are going to get boat raced by the Ravens. I I, I like the Ravens. You know, Joe brought it up earlier. We tried to jump on it at three yesterday before it got to three and a half. But I think it's a close game. And I think it's back and forth and it's tight all afternoon. So Mahomes under 243 and a half. Baltimore's only given up 250 or more four times this year. Um, real quick, Mahomes this week. Yeah. I don't see him going off big against Baltimore's defense because it looks like we might yeah, get uh, Mark Peters back as well. Yeah, I, I touched on Marlon Humphrey. Just watched this drop, 
dropped down to uh, two forty two and a half on my screen actually because I pulled up the odds to double check. But uh, I actually love that. That's one I talked a lot about the Baltimore Ravens here. Obviously, I'm supporting them. I don't mean to be the har- the Harbaugh guy of twenty twenty three twenty twenty four apparently. But uh, I do think Mahomes over passing yards is the best bet. That's something I do have circled in my sheet for this game. I think it'll be a passing script for them. Isaiah Pacheco's rushing attempts is set at 14 and a half, super juiced, like minus 130 to the under. Um, that was significant to me because Clyde Edwards-Hilaire got a little bit higher of a snap share too. So a similar thing to how we saw Gus Edwards and Justice Hill we just talked about, we saw that in the Chiefs' backfield as well. Um, and when CEH is in the game, that means Mahomes is probably going to throw a little more often. So. I like his prop as well. I know the odds are against us number-wise. And I'll say this, um, if I do take the Ravens first half, they cover that, they're up by 6-7. I've seen this story before. I'm taking the Chiefs live. Um, you know, I held that Eagles ticket in the Super Bowl last year, and I was like, I'm not hedging. Like, I'm good. And then tonight I was so, so mad at myself. But the Chiefs are good at second-half comebacks, keeping it close. So if you're getting, you know, four and a half, five, six, seven. I'll be looking to lay that number probably with the Chiefs in the second half because you know they'll keep it close and respectable. Great stuff, Vaughn. We appreciate the time. Vaughn Dalzell of NBC Sports. We'll catch up with you again soon, my man. Coming up next, we dive into tonight's NBA card. Maybe look at futures as well. I know Aaron has one play in particular she likes for tonight's matchup between the Nuggets and the Pacers. That next on BetQL Daily. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily. 